Okay, welcome back to another episode of The Millennial Entrepreneur. My name is Sina, and I love following the journeys of other young entrepreneurs. In this episode, it's a real special one. I spoke with Tersha Willis, the co-founder of Terrible, a technology company working with bands and other creators to enable them to monetize from merchandise. We cover some amazing things, how Terrible started as a merchandising company, helping bands to provide high quality merchandise to now becoming an overarching technology company that manages the whole process for creatives. Also tools that Tertia has used herself to shift Terrible into a technology firm without knowing how to code herself. Not gonna lie, the tools that she gave, I will definitely be using them for myself because I didn't know about them and it was amazing advice, especially for you guys that wanna shift your company to use more technology, uh, but you don't have the skills, expertise, experience to build a technology company. So yeah, do check those out and do stay for her advice. And also we cover the practices that have enabled her to win countless pitching competitions and how you can pitch an extremely concept business model that she has or solution in the most effective way. Very, very cool episode. She also talks about her experience of being on the competition, The Pitch, uh, which we will talk about later in the episode as well. So I hope you stick around for all of that stuff. It's really useful. No shout out today because the episode is kind of long ready, but if you do want to feature the next, next week's episode in the form of a shout out, please be sure to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts. And as a thank you, I'll give you a shout out in the next couple of episodes. I'm not making any promises at the moment because it's a bit of a backlog, but I will get to you, I promise. So anyway, thank you so much for tuning in and I hope you enjoy the episode. Hey, Tersha, how are you doing? I'm really good. It's been a really busy week, but I'm uh, I'm happy to end it here with you. Before we start recording, you were telling me some crazy things that you've been doing this week and even today, right? Like it's not it's not like <laughs> it's today that's been pretty crazy. Yeah, to, I mean, every day, um, every day. Today's been back-to-back Zoom meetings all day, which is more exhausting than actually going to meetings. Um and so this is a really nice way to end the week, actually, um, with a conversation um, that isn't uh, that isn't about trying to pitch something or sell something. No, it's more it's more about like trying to inspire, trying to help people, which is which is a lot nicer than you know going through numbers, going through expansion plans and stuff like that. It's probably like way less stressful. Yeah, isn't it? <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's I've I've been trying to have you know loads of different businesses on the podcast before and yours is such a cool example of you going into a you know trying to solve a problem and then kind of expanding and kind of using technology to really scale which is such a cool thing so I think before we kind of go on what is what is terrible I think maybe start with like what terrible merch was before you rebranded to terrible That'd be really good. Yeah, so um, I think we started out uh, helping, just wanting to help musicians, artists make money from their merchandise. Um, my co-founder and I ran an apparel brand before that. Um, and he got signed to a major label and we started making merch for his band. And suddenly 30 other bands came to us and we realized there was a problem. So we started making this really high quality merchandise. And then we started uncovering these problems and how do artists sell it? Then we discovered that they're really bad at selling it and they don't know how to make money and they don't know how to be organized. We started solving problem after problem. Eventually we got bigger and bigger. Um, and the problems we had to solve for artists were like, we would have to hire hundreds of people to solve them for the amount of artists that were coming to us. 
So we decided to build tech to do it um, because there wasn't anything we could find that would do the same thing that we needed. So that's that's how we wound up becoming a tech company. Um, it was a needs must situation because we couldn't really afford to hire the hundreds of people that we would need to help the artists we wanted to help. So that's yeah, that's where we started with with a you know accidental problem that became a real problem. So what was that? What was that first problem that you tried to solve? I guess like that. That's really where it started. Yeah, the very very first idea was just making making stuff that was actually really cool and was like worthy of um, worthy of being a brand for for a band. Um, that was the real kind of thing. Making something that wasn't just some old T shirt that you would you know, you buy it a show and you would regret. Like we wanted to make something that was really cool because, you know, um, I loved band shirts. I kind of, you know, music is my thing. Um, as like, I'm a total fan. I, I'm not a make music, but I adore music. Um, it's, you know, my whole existence is in it. So it was, a. I hated getting a bad band t-shirt. It was like my worst thing ever. I loved band t-shirts and I hated that they would like, you know, be unwearable after like three or four washes and it, it seems so simple to me that they could make it better so that's so that's what we did we made it better and I think for the first few years we were you know um our our little tagline was merch but better um, and that's that's kind of it was as simple as that um and it really caught on like quality quality caught caught on and artists started selling more with better quality and I never had to buy a new band t-shirt again because I was making them <laughs> that's a really cool story so it started out as kind of like a white labeling high quality white labeling solution for for these bands that wanted to sell merchandise but didn't want to sell that shitty merchandise that you were, like they were kind of accustomed to yeah i think i almost we're i think we didn't white label it we branded it with our own brand but we were looking after the assets of the artists on that um some artists put their brand like that made their kind of thing into a brand but um we had we kind of we were we were kind of cool enough that people wanted our name in the back of their of their merch so that's cool so it's kind of like a combination between you and the band image and their logo or whatever i actually have a cousin in a band so he like he i know a little bit about like how the upcoming band process works not that much not really but yeah so i know i know they they do try to sell merchandise and normally it's just like something that they've created on Canva or like something they've just created, you know, with some, with Alibaba or something. So it's not like high quality. So it's really cool that like that, that problem's being solved by you guys. Well, it was being solved by you guys a while ago. And now you've scaled to the point that you are now. Yeah. I mean, we're still solving that problem. Um, we still believe high quality, yeah. high quality sells better um, and fans come back for more. There's this really magic moment where a fan makes a purchase, uh, uh, and it can be a fan of anything. Um, and that's when the relationship begins. So whether it's a ticket to a show or, um, you know, a piece of merchandise, that's like where a fan invests in you and becomes a real fan. And before that moment, they're just, um, you know, they're passive. They're like, they don't engage with artists. Um, they're, you know, they're paying a subscription to some tech giant or they're like following on Instagram yeah. where it's free, uh, you know, and content, the content that's being made is devalued. The real relationship begins when they when they invest in something they love. Um, so it's it's a really important moment to get right. So that first that first problem that you were solving with that solution that you came up with, what was the kind of reception of that, and how did that kind of scale to the point where you you were thinking of like expanding into the solving those other problems that that bands face? 
Um, it was just taking bands on and dealing with the problems they had trying to move and sell products. Um, as you know, bands go on tour. So they are moving around constantly. Um, what they were till last year. Um, they're moving around constantly. Yeah. They um, so they you know they needed to be able to manage a mobile retail operation in a different city, sometimes a different country, every night of the week. And they'd also have to restock and and count inventory and report and take card payments and that kind of thing. And they didn't know how to do any of it, despite being professionals at at. Um, you know, professionals at going around touring, they didn't know how to um, make it like make money out of this revenue stream. It, it, their, their days were too busy as well. I, this sounds ridiculous. And no artist will ever agree with me that their days on tour are busy. But their days are just too busy for them to run this business effectively, because it runs at the same time that they're performing and after they're performing when they've got things to do. So it's um it's it was just very neglected and the people that were kind of doing it before um were doing it in a way where they just delivered stuff and left it and hoped for the best uh so yeah we brought something really different where it was like we're gonna offer you a really effective solution we also like engaged artists in the whole business and once they were engaged uh they really cared about how much money they were making and how much it was able to like change them from sharing from five of them sharing a hotel room to them only having to share, you know, a room with one other person and things like that. So it made a real difference that way. Um, and they started becoming really engaged with that side of the business because um, it was working well for them. It was making them money. So it's, it's turned into something that is actually like a technology platform that enables all these bands to monetize in a very easy way rather than like that. It sounded like a drop shipping sort of solution that you, that you, that you pitched before. Uh, with like what was already existing yeah it's kind of drop shipping uh, a little bit not really it's more i think this we we have the world's most complicated business model so um we what <laughs> strap, strap in. oh yeah strap in um so basically we'll um we still manufacture we have a supply chain that artists can access and we always had that um it was wholesale orders so a bit less drop shippy a bit more um a bit more kind of uh like wholesale kind of you know, to retail sort of operation, which is the least creative industries music thing you'll ever hear <laughs> about a business in the music industry. But um, so it's a supply chain. It's a supply chain solution. It connects um, vetted curated suppliers that are sustainable, that don't overstock, that make high quality, that are all over the world. Um, so local to wherever artists are, whether they are on tour or they're just in the US or their fans are just in the US. And then it takes care of everything from logistics um, to uh, payments. So it'll make sure that the supplies are paid on your side. It'll take care of um, your schedule. So if you're moving around and selling things, your schedule can get put in there. And that's kind of applicable beyond just music um, into comedians. And then it'll take care of um, it'll take care of your selling. Like so, the selling will be there. It'll take care of the counting of your inventory. It'll all be automated. Um, and there's a payment gateway where you can take cards and, and, you know, phone payments. And, uh, then you can also reorder stock when it runs out, the data will tell you when, what you need and what sizes. And then at the end of the night, it'll give you and everyone on your team a report. You can see what you've done and you can also request to pay out when you need it. So you can get paid while you're on the road. Um, and then there's a little part this last year that happened that made, that became really important in COVID where, um, online suddenly for the first time ever music had its online moment with e-commerce like 10 years late to the party um so 
yeah, we sat, we had to add that solution in as well. So providing online stores, but also warehousing and that, you know, has to fit with align with our sustainability things with plastic free, be able to ship music, be able to report to the charts, like loads of things. So, um, we built that part in too. And so now that reports as well and has like a whole universal inventory system going and universal reporting. Um, so I, I wish there was a simple thing to do it, but if we have to say it simply is that, yeah, Terrible is a platform where people can, where artists or creators mostly can source and sell products that they can sell to their fan bases, whether online or in person. And eventually one day we'll also do it in the metaverse. Wow, that's 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 phenomenal. It's crazy how it went from you know just like creating merchandise for bad for bands to create to moving into something that's so overarching. It's got so many different moving parts to take care of every single sort of pain point of you know you said comedians as well. So it's like every sort of performer has got this sort of potential to to make use of this. That, that's that's crazy. How did it go? How do you feel like it's gone from sort of like something? fairly i mean not small but it's just like i guess smaller scale to what it is now to what it is you know today because i know a lot of entrepreneurs that would have been you know fairly happy you know making that sort of like money just from like 30 bands 40 bands and then not not really thinking about other pain points that they want to solve um i think it was uh you know i think it's because the people that are like jack my co-founder was in a band and he was a professional musician so the, the pain was like the pain was obvious at every point for us, but also it just felt like in whatever year we were in, whether it was like 2019 or 2000, we are just like, why doesn't this exist yet? Like, why isn't there a thing for this yet? Because there should be a thing for this, because if we had this thing, then like artists could make more money. And as we, as we like hit new problems with everything, we realized like, okay, like we can solve these things in, in one easy way um, and bring it all together. And if we do that, artists will be making, like, they'll be making so much more. In our in our MVP testing, they've been making five times more revenue than they made before. And they're more profitable with that. So, like, it was, it was literally, you know, an inch at a time. And I think we, you know, you're just very lucky to be in an industry where artists complain. Like, they, they complain about a lot. <laughs> so, we got feedback. Yeah. We got real feedback constantly. Um, that's really important. I mean, yeah, of course, because a lot of a lot of business is quite difficult to get feedback, or you have to pay to get feedback. But with you, I mean, your co-founder was a, a an artist, and like these people maybe do complain quite easy. Oh, yeah. to other people. <laughs> no, you you can't like compromise with music. You you do have to deliver the best. Um, people people don't trust you if you don't deliver the best. So you know, like that that I think is. I'm sure that's relevant in any business, but just in music, it's so small. If you mess it up, you really don't have anywhere to go. As you guys know, I've been doing my business for a few months now, Wing, a contactless business card. We're aiming to create some amazing things to solve so many pain points in in-person networking. But the next stage for us is to really get more validation from investors and trying to raise some capital, I guess, and also mentorship to enable us to grow to that next stage. And so I've, I've been looking for a number of competitions and I found one that I would really love to share with you guys that I've talked about obviously in the, in the, in the previous episode and that is the pitch. And Tersha is a great guest because she actually was one of the winners of the pitch either last year or two years ago. <laughs> she can't remember, so I can't remember. And she really highlights, as you can hear in a minute, 
of how important the pitch was to her success of growing Terrible, which back back then was called Terrible Merch, into you know a huge technology company now that manages so many different bands, creatives, comedians, all of that stuff. So it's pretty crazy and she gives so much credit to the pitch of you know the mentorship they gave her obviously the money that they gave her all those different tools and resources that they they offered to her um to be able to kind of grow to the next stage and and this mentorship that i'm talking about she's still getting it today too i mean that's that's incredible i've won and been involved in so many different pitching competitions and that never happens right like as soon as you win or you don't win that's kind of like it uh, so it's amazing to hear that the sort of like mentorship and help carries on way past the uh, the actual like deadline, the actual competition end date, which is which is incredible. So after hearing all of this and what you're about to hear from Tersha herself, I can't wait to apply for Wing. And I really strongly encourage anyone that's got a business, anyone that's thinking of starting a business, to apply to the pitch as well. The link will be in the description below, along with some resources to skyrocket your chances of winning the competition. The deadline is the end of this month, so yeah, check it out, prepare for it, use the resources in the description, and I wish you the best of luck. If you are still on the fence, just listen to Tersha right now, and I'm sure she will convince you. Um, so when I when I signed up last year to do the pitch, or maybe it was the year before, I can't remember when the deadline was, um, the, the, the blur of 2020 is a tough one. I, I signed up um, mostly because I felt like um, you know, I felt like I, I felt like, yeah, I, if I could, if I can get in front of an investor audience, I could raise money. Um, that was my main motivation to signing up. Um, and so I felt like the pitch was, it seemed like everyone that had, has gone on to, has been on the pitch and won the pitch has actually been really successful. Um, and actually for me, I, I can, I can also say that happened to me. I, I won it last year and, um, I've had so many, I have had so many wins since then because of it, but you know, just the, the, the kind of infrastructure around it, the teaching you how to refine your idea into a small thing, how to communicate it, um, how to communicate it quickly and effectively. So it says something, um, you know, having confidence and kind of like last year we had to be really creative in our formats because it was just a Zoom video of us and it couldn't be complicated or too edited. It, it really just had to be a phenomenal pitch um, coming from you without any slides or videos. So it got me to like talk about my business um, in a way that everyone got it and no one, as I'm sure we just spoke about for 10 minutes, uh, no one got it because it's complex. It's a huge problem and it's a very complicated solution. It's a bit like the Amazon for merchandise and that's it's a tough thing to, to look at and, and get. Um, so, you know, the pitch really helped me find a way to communicate things and and there's been so much success since then that the support that they've given me afterwards, um, the introductions they've made, the mentoring, um, I, I'm forever indebted to them and attached to them. I've had so many great things come from, from where they are, um, as well, but yeah, it was the experience helped me communicate better. And I think communicating any idea you have is probably about 90% of the battle as you know yeah. the person whose idea it is mm. I think that's really important as well because obviously I've I've done pitches before where you know sometimes they might not go as well and you they, they ask some questions that you feel like you've you kind of hit in the presentation and it's like trying to communicate quite a complex problem in only like three minutes is a challenge in itself so mm -hmm. I guess 
from from the pitch or like your overall experiences, how would you kind of because your your business is probably one of the most complex ones that I've probably had on the podcast before in a good way, right? But yeah. like, I guess how do you, how do you kind of overcome that? I mean, you you explain that you storytelling number one, like having a story that people can relate to. That 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 that's so key. How we found the problem, how we uncovered it, um, what was you know what what our journey was, why this is important to us. Those things all help you communicate an idea. The actual problem solution, what we do thing needs to be simplified. Um, needs to be simplified into something that is basic. So the, there's a great Y combinator formula that's we're solving X for Y by doing Z. And if you can explain your business in that, and it was really tough for us to refine us down to those three things, um, you can communicate your idea and get to the very essence of it. Because if I say to you, yeah, like we're, we're the Amazon of merchandise, you're like, oh, okay, cool. Like you take care, you just do all that shit Amazon does and you get it. Um, but, you know, we don't like to talk about ourselves in comparison to anything else. And most founders don't. We're like, no, we're us. Um, so, you know, you've, you've got to find the essence of it. And if you had to explain to me what Amazon did, you, you'd probably spend 20 minutes doing it anyway. So, my, you know, but Amazon would give you one sentence about what they did. <laughs> so, Well, yeah, because they, they have a very complex business model now because there's so many different things and different elements. And. You, you are kind of turning into a similar thing where there are so many different elements and the different pain points that you're trying to solve. So I, I understand there's like, obviously it's very difficult to explain, um, but it's good. It's good to hear that there is obviously a way because I know a lot of people have trouble with trying to pitch their idea in the most concise way possible, trying to, you know, hit every sort of like uh, solutions that to different pain points. Cause yeah, I think normally they kind of compromise and go for the most important pain points that they're trying to solve which is like kind of the way that we're doing it for wing. There's, I, I used to explain our problems uh, in, in the things that the, the actual pain points. Now I explain the problems um, quite visually. Actually, I have this magnificent problem slide that shows exactly the mess we're solving. And it's so chaotic that no one can look at it for very long. So now I explain like we sort out this chaotic mess and I point to that slide and people get it right away. Um, so I've, I've evolved. Um, obviously, I in the pitch, I don't think you can use slides. So you've got to find a way to communicate those problems and that pain um, one way. But the only way I could explain the mess in the end effectively so people understood it was to be like, this is what it looks like if you don't do it with us. Yeah, <laughs> and then show yeah, them, yeah. this is what it looks like when you do. Like, this is the world without us and this is the world with us. And that is that's why we're good. I think that's, it's simplifying stuff is so hard. Um, and it feels like you're dumbing down your idea, but if you can explain it to your seven year old niece, nephew, you know, neighbor, if you can explain it to them and they're like, Oh wow, I get it. You've been successful at communicating your idea. Yeah, no, that's really good advice. I think what would be great for me to understand is because obviously you scaled from something, you know, uh, a smaller scale to like an overarching technology company now do you come from a technical background yourself um no, no. absolutely not so, i mean i, so I have a phone <laughs> and i have a computer so my question is like how because this is really important as well because loads of people want to use technology in their business but 
either lack the experience or expertise, which is fine. But yeah, I'd love to kind of find out how you kind of wanted to, how you kind of knew a technology company was the next step for you and how you kind of implemented it and executed it. Yeah. Um, well, I think here's the thing. I think we live in a time, um, you know, where technology solves most of our problems for us. So it seemed to me that, you know, if I couldn't uh, let that it, technology was doing these things for other things, like if they could stop posting out DVDs and stream them, we could figure out how to take payments, you know, in person, uh, with our phones. Uh, so little, little things like that, um, you know, the the rest of the world signaled that this existed. So we didn't have to invent anything. What we had to do was put it together. So it became more like putting a puzzle together, like like finding the missing pieces, like learning about how people have solved this problem somewhere else and then applying it to what we were doing and then seeing what we needed to solve and then going and getting that. The only thing about technology is that it's much cheaper than it's ever been to build technology now. But to prove something works, you have to build it because the theory might not always work. So actually, everyone has it much easier these days because they can use a no-code platform, which is a bit like building a very complicated formula in a spreadsheet, which you could probably learn on YouTube. Um, I'd like Bubble, you could probably build an MVP on um, for for your idea to check that it works. Like when we started developing, we... We actually had to, it had to be hard coded to do what we needed to do. And it needed to work because people's businesses were (laughs) depending on other people's businesses. But, um, you know, there's, I think, you know, the, we saw the technology and that's why we understood if it existed, we wouldn't have to invent it. We just have to figure out what, how that was solved there and how we could apply it to what we were doing. And just a bit of research, reading, obsessiveness kind of got us um there and i am still um i can talk about crazy tech things but i mean i don't i can't code and i can't do that it's you know it's also about finding people um you know what actually it's not that i can't code i have coded a few things i just can't do it well um but (laughs) i i you know i've done it from things i've learned though i haven't been professionally trained i've or trained and i've I've, um, I've had other people guide me and I've learned from the people that could do it, you know? So when we had our first developer, I mean, I just spent every, I, I was, we, him and I spoke four hours a day, every day. I, I just learned everything I could about it. And that really helped me understand what happens next, what needs to be changed next. And all the cool tools that already exist that you don't have to build that are just open source and available. So yeah, just find the person who solved it and, before or saw something similar and apply it to what you're working on um you just need to be able to creatively solve your problem i think that's really cool that what you just said there like my first question before i go to my second better question is like how did you kind of find developers that would do it that that could have solved the problem or like did you find a technical co-founder like how's that whole process happen we actually only got a technical, um, like a CTO on board last year for the first time. Um, so we never had one before. We were, we, the, you know, Jack and I's co-founders were managing the product in, um, no one can see the air quotes I just did, but um, <laughs> we were if the- If you're pro- watching on YouTube, if you're watching on YouTube, <laughs> yeah, you can. If you're not, the, you're missing out. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I just did products in air quote, like we were managing it um, ourselves from- the understanding the problem we were trying to solve. So he was translating for us how we found him. 
we got a full stack developer freelance. He was recommended to us. That was how we got our MVP done. Um, and he also did the design and, and everything of it. And it, it wasn't the best looking, but it worked and it proved our concept. And that's really that's all you, you have to do. That's it. You just have to prove it works and you were right. But yeah. today, bubble, like no code platforms, build your MVPs on no code. It, you can do it in half the time. Uh, you could do it yourself after spending a few weeks doing some tutorials. You will literally save yourselves hundreds of thousands of pounds. Um, and you'll have something to like show anyone to be like, look what we've done. This is, and it, that could just be the tool. So technology is like getting better and better and more accessible. Also, more wildly, if you learn some basic code, um, GitHub now has a co-pilot coding thing that'll finish your instructions for you. So it will finish type. It's an AI that can code for you. So embrace, embrace all the crazy, crazy stuff that's I, happening. I didn't know that one. Yeah, I didn't you gotta know get that on. Myself. You gotta get on like uh, VC Twitter. This full of this. <laughs> that's really cool. I loved before we wrap up. Uh, wrap, wrap up. I love the thing that you said before of taking technology ideas from other sort of industries or other players or other countries or whatever, and then trying to see how you can kind of translate that into solving your own problem. I think that's a really cool thing that I feel like it's a skill in itself that many people don't really embrace. That you know. You, Finding, finding a solution for something else, you can very much translate that into what you can do here. And I really yeah. love that, that you did that with this. I, I honestly, I think, um, I think the world is full of good ideas and, and people who have had better ideas and people far smarter than, than most of us. Um, and they've written it all down and they've shared it and um, we, 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 can, we can access it now. And um, we just have to you know, we have to be sure of our problem and uh, and then, then it's easy to find solutions. Well, Tersha, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It was such a pleasure having you on. How can people stay in touch with you and Terrible in the meantime? I um, I, I love LinkedIn. So please find me on LinkedIn. Um, I update there regularly. I am, and that's Tersha Willis um, and Terrible's on there as well. And you can find that by me. Um, we're on Instagram as Terrible underscore GRP. Uh, and on Twitter as terrible underscore group. Uh, and we're online at terrible.group. And I, yeah, you can find me, you can find me anywhere. I'm, I'm more on Twitter and uh, I'm in discord. If anyone's on discord, if you want to learn about things also That's not for free. I've had on the podcast before, but <laughs> discord, yeah, Di all the way. Discord communities, um, highly recommend for anyone exploring ideas about things and looking for other people exploring ideas um and you'll find those discord communities on twitter so for me i've um we've grown into the creator economy so i've joined uh i've joined a bunch of creator economy um discord channels and i'm i'm learning so much from like my peers you know like people at the same level as me or below me or, or above me and we, we we talk about ideas about how to solve things and do things so get i'm on discord if anyone wants to find me in a community um but i i'm also just available if anyone wants to talk and needs five minutes for someone to hear their idea or anything like that. I, I'm so here for it because, um, I didn't get much encouragement. No, I didn't have a lot of believers and, um, I, I think everyone underestimated me. <laughs> a well, I think, I think a lot of people do, especially like in the early stages, people don't kind of, I don't, yeah, people don't really do that. Yeah. Like we, we published a, um, we published a TikTok on 
on for wing and of the i mean 80 percent of the comments were quite nice it got like 11 11k views it got quite a few views it was just like how i like why i started wing um but like 20 or 10 percent of the comments were like oh this is never going to take off and stuff like that i'm like it's quite mean but <laughs> yeah it's like, a little yeah, mean it's like so what yeah, have you done but, <laughs> yeah but i was thinking like it's because this is kind of like an MVP. This is our first product. So it's like, it's it's natural for that to happen. People kind of don't see the next step. People just kind of see what's what's out there right now. So for you, I guess people didn't believe in you at the start because they didn't think the problem was big enough, but they weren't really quite aware and you kind of had more plans in, in your mind. So yeah, don't really know what I'm trying to say here, but yeah, actually I do. I got it. It's about like finding a way to communicate those ideas simply. Like we yeah, can tie it back around, and um, but also just having someone that has been through something that isn't going to judge you. Like that's a real valuable thing, and not a lot of people get the privilege of a co-founder like I do. Um, but you know, like I'm a, I'm around. I'm I'm busy, but I will always have time to speak to people if they they need someone to hear something out. Um, I did, just didn't have it. And I wish I, I wish I had, I think it would have gotten me further. And, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't have had to fight so much if I just had a few more people on my side. So if anyone wants someone on their side for a minute, I'm happy to, I'm happy to be on their side for a minute. That's such a nice note to end on. Thank you so much, Tersha, for coming on the podcast. I'm sure that you inspire a lot of, a lot of young people listening. So thank you so, so much. It was an That's absolute my... pleasure. Yeah, it was a real pleasure. Thank you so much for having Sweet. me. See you soon. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Millennial Entrepreneur. And thank you so much, especially for staying to the very end. It means so much to me that you've done that. If you did enjoy, please be sure to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts. And as a thank you, I'll give you a shout out in the next few episodes. It probably won't be the next one, but it'll probably be like one of the future ones. I promise you, I will I will get to you. It's a bit of a backlog at the moment. Anyway, yeah, follow us on Instagram. You can subscribe to us on YouTube. I know a lot of you like watching the full episodes on there, video episodes, of course. So yeah, thank you so much again and I'll catch you in the next episode.